Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture.com. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Layla, have you ever told you in the audience how much I enjoy doing these uh, podcasts? It's, mm. it, I find it's such a lift to have uh, a partner to do the podcast with because I do a yeah. lot of... Yeah, uh, you do a lot of interviewing. I do a lot, of, and I, I do a solo show on weekends, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, it's hard to talk for two hours sustained yeah. without a uh, interlocutor, you know, yes. a, a, uh, you know, a uh, buddy. I mean, I do a lot of interviews, too. Mm-hmm. Interviews are, like, conversational, and that's easier. Right, right. But um, this is great. All right, so... Uh, We have a question about strontium. Yeah, we do, from Doris. Uh, As you recommended, I've been taking strontium. It's been very successful. January will be four years. enhancing bone density. Yeah, for enhancing bone density. January will be four years. How do I stop taking these pills? You just stop. There's no... Put the cap on the pills, put them in... Put put them away. Put them away. Yeah, it's (laughs) not a withdrawal thing. Right, yeah. It's nothing like that. But this, so, you know, we can... This is what I've, I've... now that I've been using strontium for osteoporosis for, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years, yeah. uh, I can see sometimes that when patients stop using it, their bone density begins to decline and get a, at a more rapid rate. Yeah. And sometimes uh, they'll get a bone density test that shows the decline has begun again and we have to reinstitute it. Yeah. But it's, it, once your bone density has reached the point of mild osteopenia, they've crossed the threshold from osteoporosis back to osteopenia, it's, I don't think you have to keep taking it, and I don't recommend that people take it for the rest of their lives. No. I think it's an intervention that you can take for, you know, two, four, six years, and usually by then it's going to enhance your bone density. And, yeah. But you can resume using it later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But put it aside because, you you know, and it keeps because it's a mineral. Right, and, right. And it's pretty stable, but do keep it in a cool place. Mm-hmm. I've got a bar refrigerator, which I don't drink alcohol hardly at all. Mm-hmm. And it's all full of vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. Good. They said, you want a bar refrigerator? I said, I don't drink. But, well, maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Put a bar refrigerator in. Right. Or yeah. it's your beverage uh, your beverage re- uh, refrigerator for your mineral water or yeah. some other kind of thing yeah. like that. That's always, that's nice to have too. So, Doris, there you go. You can just stop. Yeah. You can just stop. Nope. All right. We have a question from Tony. Dr. Hoffman, I'm a big fan and have been for decades. I am plagued by biting insects. I don't want to use dangerous chemicals, dangerous to me or my pets. Mm-hmm. Are there any safe or natural ways to discourage biting insects? I was wondering if there are any substances that I can, I could ingest 
which would make me less desirable only to them. <laughs> Topical preparations are less convenient, but I'd be willing to try them too. Thank you for your very informative podcast. There was something on thiamine, vitamin B1. Yeah, there was something. But a it, while back. It, but it doesn't but work. But it kind of sank. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and then there was something about garlic, but I don't know. How much garlic do you want to do you want to eat? I, you look, I do it all, and they still love me. So I That's don't believe it. in the oral things. Yeah. Um, Tony, your sweet meat. That's just what it is yeah. for the insects. It, it, it has to do with certain um, characteristics of your skin or your microbiome that they're attracted to. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, there are uh, different types of plants like neem that may be helpful. Um, cedar. Cedar is Cedar is good. Cedar it, it makes you smell like a like a you know uh, a chest like mm-hmm. a, a wooden like chest. A chest. Yeah, like yes. right. But um, you know that cedar can be used. Can um, and that's in a spray form. It's not something you would you wouldn't go and eat cedar, Tony, or anything like that. Uh, there are. I mean, if you want to go the pharmaceutical route, there's the pyrethrins. Uh, they're actually found naturally in chrysanthemum. And um, it's good to have around your yard or where you sit near your patio. Chrysanthemums, marigolds mm-hmm. are natural insecticides, but that pyrethrum, you know, that, that this neurological toxins we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. Pharma- I'm, I'm looking it up right now. What is pyrethrum? Is it safe? Um, it affects an insect's nervous system. That's not great, but does it affect humans' uh, nervous system? It's milder than DEET. DEET, it, I wouldn't put a lot Deet, of DEET on. Yeah. But, you know, I, sometimes if you're like a, a forestry <laughs> worker or if you're, you know, a deep woods hiker, yeah. you know, you might have to. You might have to because... You might have to do yeah. something. Um, there are uh, pyrethrin uh, uh, topicals that you can use. They're actually more about uh, spraying your garden with pyrethrins. Yeah. And not so much for, for skin. I mean, there are all kinds of things that are advertised that are these aromatic uh, herbs uh, that are designed to thwart insects. And I don't know that they work that well. You know what I like to do, the my husband might, and I? Yeah, if yeah. we're sitting out on the patio or something, we'll also take a small fan or a box fan mm-hmm. and kind of let it you know, oh, yeah. blow past us so yeah. the, the mosquitoes can't stay on you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> or the horse flies can't really stay on right. you. Or something like that. That's something you could do. Yeah, I, I put it down around your ankles or something. That's really where they bite. Yeah. If your legs are exposed, especially, I get massive amounts around my ankles. I, I am so tasty something. that I, I live when I'm in the city. I'm in a 21st floor apartment, and uh, you know when when it gets cooler, turn off the air conditioning, let the fresh air in the, the windows open. Yeah. And I swear, there are times where in like March that I get bitten by bugs. If it's Unbelievable. Just, if it gets a little muggy, a little warmer. Mm. Uh, it's not freezing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's amazing how tenacious they are. They, cl- they go up 21 floors to find me. Yeah. I wonder if they... They go up like Spider-Man. Yeah. They just kind of go up and they... Yep. And they found you. Yeah. So, Tony, there you go. All right. Yeah. We have... Oh, this is interesting. This is from Carol, Dr. Hoffman. Uh, Dr. Hoffman, my name is Carol. I'm presently being treated with levothyroxine. My 22-year-old daughter has Hashimoto's and was diagnosed about two years ago after being hospitalized with TSH levels over 800. Wow. Yeah, because to give you an idea, a normal TSH is under 4 or 5. Yeah. And when it's that high, it's what's called a uh, reflex test. When it's high, it means your thyroid is low. 
When it's low, it means your thyroid is high. Yeah. So that's like profound. I don't think I've ever seen... I had one patient who was 600. Wow. 600. And uh, she actually wasn't a patient. She was a a person that I... uh, uh, You know, I, I, I got... I rescued these turtles, and then I found, like, uh, this couple who were into repatriating turtles into the wild. Mm-hmm. So I brought my turtles to them, and I befriended them. They were a nice couple. And, but they were, it was kind of tragic, because the, 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 the woman, they were trying to have kids, and they, she had a repeated miscarriages, which was devastating. Mm. And so I said, well, you know, look, show me your blood tests. You know, show me your blood tests. Yeah. And um, I looked at blood tests, and was like, what the her TSH was like 600. Wow. And they, did, they never caught it. They Truly uh, an, an instance of malpractice. Uh, so, you know, I said, you got to get on some thyroid. And she went on thyroid and successfully got pregnant. But, Fantastic. you know, what a tragedy that, that really they is. missed that. You know? Honestly. And so the, TSH so the turtles went back in the wild. And, yeah. yeah. If I see a turtle on the road, you know, like I, I just point him in the right direction. And I, I don't yeah. pick him up anymore. <laughs> That's good. So, Carol's daughter, her TSH used to be over 800. Now, her TSH is 43. Bad. Yeah. Still bad. Still horrible. Uh, I'm wanting to advise her to try another uh, plan besides taking uh, levothyroxine. uh, She's not doing the job. She's not on enough. Or maybe she's not converting it. Right. We do not want to use porcine sources due to religious beliefs and convictions. Mm -hmm. Are you able to assist with any other suggestions? Yeah, you know, you can do... One of a couple of things. There are a couple of what are called balanced synthetic preparations. And uh, you used to have something called Thyrolar. It was discontinued. But uh, they have various balanced uh, uh, formulas that are, say, 75 of uh, T4, or Synthroid, levothyroxine, and uh, and 5 micrograms of liothyronine, which is mm-hmm. cytomel. Mm-hmm. And they come, there are various names. I think one of them is uh, Euthroid. I think it's still, um, it, it. What about Nature Throid? Is that a Nature Throid? Yeah, let me, let me look up Nature Throid. But what you can also do is you can take two pills. You can take, in about a 15 to 1 ratio, you can take thyroid. Now, she sounds like she had a terrible thyroid problem. She might require, you know, uh, 200, uh, 300 micrograms of thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she can take, you know, 10 or 15 of Cytomel with that to get a combination. Okay. Carol, there you go. So Nature Throid is all, yeah. has been subject to recall, uh, but Nature Throid um, is, let's see, I, I think it is not just porcine. I, see, when you use Armour Thyroid, that's going to be porcine. Yeah. But Nature Throid is um uh it oh no it's porcine it's porcine it porcine yeah yeah so okay so something like a synthroid and a cytomel you're mm-hmm. talking about pretty much right yeah you can you can yeah. combine the two okay thank you carol and and that's natural mm-hmm. because those hormones are bioidentical yes actually to oh good it is. good terrific they're not synthetic i mean synthetic they're they're synthetically made yeah. They're not derived from animals, but they are bioidentical to yeah. what your own thyroid makes. So you could, you know, get around that that way. Okay. But when I prescribe natural thyroid, I do prescribe things like euthroid or armor thyroid or yeah. what's called NDT, natural desiccated thyroid, which is 
porcine source from yeah. pork thyroid glands. Why pork in particular? Why not? I don't know. Maybe the characteristics of the pig that are more uh, similar to the human profile of thyroid. Oh, that could be. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. We have an email from Dan. My white blood count has been going up over the last few years. Saw my doctor sent me to a hematologist, oncologist. They tested me for leukemia and the result was negative. Yay. All the doctor said was, I have inflammation, which my primary care doctor has told me. Okay. Any supplement recommendations well, for inflammation? This is more looking at, you know, find a source because there could be a hint. Whenever you have an infection somewhere in your body, yeah. uh, it can cause your white blood cell count to go up. Those are your soldiers. They're supposed right. to go up and fight the infection. Yeah. So with people like that, I might undertake a search like, where's the infection? Is it in your gut? Is it in your teeth yes gums in your gums uh is it in your sinuses mm-hmm. uh these are common places to have chronic infection yeah is it in your skin mm-hmm. uh you know so and then you know we we would um uh you know when we suspect an infection there is a test called a gallium scan i don't know if they do that too much anymore but it tells you it localizes where the infection is because gallium is it's drawn attracted to, to white blood cells mm-hmm. So, um, you know, yes, but let's assume that it's just generalized inflammation. And yeah. Let's talk about that. Is there such a thing as an anti-inflammatory diet? Yeah. Absolutely. You want to get rid of any fake sugars, inflammatory vegetable oils, additives, preservatives. You want Blind to eat carbs. pure whole food, all of that kind of thing. Dan currently takes fish oil, aged garlic, and turmeric. Good. Those are good. Those are great. Maybe Those add buswellin. You know. Yes, buswellin. Maybe add, uh, yeah, those. those I like SPM, uh, specific pro resolving mediators, SPM, which is really great for inflammation. It's sort of like supercharged fish oil. Yeah. Um, That can be helpful. Mm -hmm. And if there is infection, olive leaf, something like that. Yeah, yeah. More vitamin C. Right. uh, Maybe a little zinc for for a little while. It it might be. Appropriate to go through a dental evaluation to yeah. see if there's like a an like an abscess or something. Tube, an abscess. You may not even feel it. Yeah. You may not feel anything, yeah. but there could be something there. Mm-hmm. So that could be something. Okay. All right. Dan, best of luck to you. Yeah, inflammation is the precursor to oh, and here's, here's most another, chronic here's another, diseases. Uh, uh, pearl is for. Uh, CLL, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, whose yeah. hallmark is elevating lymphocytes. Yes. Not neutrophils. Because I don't know whether he has high neutrophils or high lymphocytes, but one of the populations of white blood cells are called lymphocytes, and they will proliferate in CLL, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, uh, which is a chronic disease. It's yes. not a rapidly killing kind of leukemia. It's not a killing. Uh, and it, you can go really high. You can go you know, 15, 20, 25, 50,000, 75,000. And then, you know, at that point, it becomes a crisis. But it could be a slowly progressing thing. And it's actually treated in a sort of watchful waiting method. They don't drop the bomb on you when you have CLL. Yeah. So what can you do in the meantime? You can take high-dose EGCG. Yes. Study, I think it was at, yeah. is, it, is it Johns Hopkins or Mayo Clinic? Like 2,000 milligrams a day, right? Yeah, so it's it like... Six or eight capsules, and you have to be a little careful with uh, too much because it can affect the liver yes. at high doses. Right. But you monitor these patients, and they actually have seen some benefits to that. Yeah. 
EGCG is a very chemotherapeutic yeah. defense. Yep, anti-cancer. Yeah, very anti-cancer. Anti yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, here's one from Nicole. I'm not saying he has that. Yeah. Though. I'm not saying he exactly. May have, he may he, have high neutrophils. Exactly. He his test is negative, and he's just addressing inflammation. Yeah. So that's really what we're talking about. So uh, we've got one from Nicole. Good afternoon. Thank you for all you do. Love the show. How'd you, how'd you know it was the afternoon? Yeah. <laughs> she was writing this email in the afternoon. You anyway. Last year, my son was able to attend school in person for kindergarten. Yay. I came to find out after many doctor's appointments with specialists that the health problems he was experiencing was in direct relation to wearing a mask with limited breaks and for many hours a day. The symptoms my son experienced were dizziness, nausea, headaches, vomiting, no fever, blurred vision in sports, not seeing the ball in front of him wow. with the mask on. Wow. He is exempt from wearing a mask this year, but get this, but has experienced ridicule. Oh. The one without the mask is getting made fun of. Wow. Shows how much our society looks down on someone that cannot wear a mask in such a short time of having to and, wear the mask. And that's, that's unbelievable. driven by politics, unfortunately. Oh, it is. It's the messaging is horrible on that. that is that they want to is, stigmatize the unvaccinated and the unmasked. Yes. As being like typhoid Marys or something. Yeah. And yeah. It's actually, they're more, they are more at risk mm -hmm. than their risk to you. Yeah, absolutely. So Nicole says, I was wondering if any doctors have done any studies on long-term mask wearing in young children. If there are studies, I would love to read any and all of them. I know my child is not alone. Many suffer in silence or are ignored by practitioners and parents. We live in Ohio, so schools were highly encouraged to enforce masks. Right. Unfortunately, our school took that stance. And there are mask mandates. Yes, there are mask places. mandates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nicole, I will say, and I just heard this. This is very opportune that we're reading this email mm -hmm. today. Because yeah. I just heard this over the weekend from an immunologist, an MD, PhD at Yale. Yes. His name is Dr. Henry... Rish. I heard it. I saw it. You heard it, yeah, right? You yeah, saw it, I right? It, I read it. Yes, yes. And what he said was, is CDC cherry-picked two studies that said wear masks, masks are good for their enforcement. Yet, they ignored 40 studies mm -hmm. that said masks don't help anything, right. don't bother. Right. So that's now, what happened. Are we talking about masks in general or masks for children? Well, I think masks in general, not yes. necessarily right. for children. Right. See, I, I think masks may offer a little bit of protection, but it's a little bit of a fool's paradise because they don't really work that well. Yeah. So, you know, they may encourage, in fact, encourage behaviors that are undesirable, like, oh, I'm going to go to the to the rave tonight and I'll wear a mask, you know, with like, you know, 500 gyrating uh, people in a Do you in even feel space. like gyrating when you've got a, a diaper on your face? Yeah. Really? Right. So anyway, <laughs> so whether you're vaccinated or not. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you an interesting anecdote. This is like, uh, in my family, we have a um, uh, a young couple, and mm -hmm. they have a three-year-old daughter mm -hmm. who is, you know, very precocious, very smart, very talkative. And so, you know, I was I was with them the other day, and they so they they said, uh, you know, they were with her, and they said, um, they they said that uh, there's now, and they're really upset about this, that there's now a mask mandate in their nursery school. Oh no! And the nursery school doesn't want to do this because it's kind of a you know, progressive nursery school, and they yeah. just say, "Look, the city has required us to do this. We, yeah. we don't want to do this, but we have to do this." And they're very upset, and they're actually yeah. thinking of taking the kid out of nursery school because of that. They should. And so, uh, however, uh, and, and that would be very hard on them because 
then you know the child care afforded by that they would have to spend a lot more time sure. you know, finding babysitters staying with the kid and everything they really and the kid loves the nursery school she, yeah. she's really enjoying the socialization and, and, and the learning wonderful. so so they really don't want to take her out so they realize the nursing nursery this nursery school is a little loosey-goosey they want kids to come in with masks but if the kids like to let the mask slip or take the mask off they're not going to like come down like a ton of bricks because they do not have like a city inspector, you know, in every school anyway. Yes, yes. So how are they going to enforce this? So what they said to the, this is so cute. They said to the, the little daughters, it's, they said, oh, do you have to go potty? And she goes, no. She says, what are you going to do when you go to school? And she says, wear a mask. What are you going to do when you get to school? She says, take off a mask. <laughs> I said, Good. So they, and they they they've yeah. now instilled that in her, yeah. so that she knows when she goes to school she's got to wear the mask, but they she could take it right off. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it, it's, that's it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, these, these yeah. are not uh, anti-vax people. Right. They, right. they were right on the vaccine thing. Yes. They're very compliant. The parents wear masks. Yes. Uh, you know when we go places and things like that, they're very observant. But they just realize that it's terrible for kids to wear masks. Yeah, it is. I mean, I... I it's psychologically I, damaging. I don't know if there are any long-term studies, because this is a phenomenon that's relatively new. So how can there be a long-term study? We've only had COVID for a year now, but right. we are engaged in a long-term study. What's going to do to kids' psyches? Yeah. Uh, are kids going to learn less well? Are kids going to perform less well physically? Are kids mm -hmm. going to get an ick factor? You know, that you know, kids should be able to, like, rough and tumble and... Exactly. You know. Get dirty. But play. Now, but now... With the masks, you know, there's kind of an ick factor. You can't like hug your, you know, your your, your school chums. Socially you distant. Yeah, and so what what's it going to do? Is it uh, going to prevent younger kids from the important facial cues yes. that they have? You know, when how they, are they going to read cause, people? Because they read you. They, they do. I mean, when I like um, they social reference you. You. When, you know, like adults when they talk, they like look in the other direction. They look at their devices. But when kids, you, you, you when you interact with like a, a three year old. That kid is like boring into you with their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> they're like really reading yeah. you. And when you're wearing a mask, they're missing some information mm -hmm. uh, that is important uh, for their development yeah. uh, in certain socialization. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um. you know, I think, I think it's unfortunate. I mean, the other thing to say is that um, when kids get it, mm -hmm. it's usually mild. Now, there are tragedies where kids, and mostly these are kids who have comorbidities, yes. they're either, you know, sometimes they're autistic children or they're kids with, you know, obesity or diabetes, and maybe those kids should really wear masks, mm -hmm. you know, but heck, it's going to be really tough to take an autistic child and convince them that they have to wear a mask all the time. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah. Um, so this is, there are, and, but there's this mandate that they just want to have a one-size-fits-all policy, mm -hmm. you know. It's unfortunate. Yeah. No real thought at all. No real science to it at all but, either. But, you know, I think there's an element to it, which is that, you know, I will comply. I'm wearing a mask. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm down with all the measures. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm signifying my um, mm -hmm. compliance. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for the good sure. of society, but also to some extent, there's a little bit of a tyrannical uh, element. Absolutely. And it goes against uh, Americans, certain Americans' mm -hmm. uh, independence streak. Right. Now, whenever I talk about this, there's no way of getting this right because people will accuse me of, of being uh, a physician who advocates unsafe practices. But if I say, give any legitimacy to wearing a mask, you know, in certain cir uh, circumstances, people would say it's a betrayal. Masks are totally worthless. There's mm. no value at all to masks. 
And I think the truth lies somewhere in between. There's, it's nuanced. There's a little protection afforded in certain circumstances, probably more for adults mm-hmm. or high-risk people. Right. You know, if I, if Catching I was... Catching the spit. If I was like a very vulnerable elderly person, I, you know, I might wear a mask yeah. you know, when I go out. Um, or two masks and a face shield. But also this idiocy of, of people wearing masks outside. There's no documentation of spread um, outside. And yeah. I don't think there have been, uh, you know, stadium outbreaks. Right, um, right. You know, mm-hmm. th- now people are going to baseball games and screaming their heads off. And there's not like... And, and most of these places require vaccination, but it's not the vaccination that's protecting the people because we know there are a lot of breakthrough infections. Yes. It's that there's air circulating. Mm-hmm. And circulating air is a, is a real antidote to the respiratory mm-hmm. virus. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nicole, we hope your son feels better soon or you find your way through this for him. Yeah. So. That's really something. Yeah, I mean, it, I, when we look back on this, hopefully we'll have the opportunity to look back on this. We'll think mm-hmm. about what a um, what a t- kind of a terrible time we've worked our yeah. way through. Um, whether we've been sick ourselves, or whether we've lost loved ones, mm-hmm. uh, or whether we've just been subject to the whole oppressive atmosphere of this, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. been. And how many, especially children, are being traumatized right by this, and especially the mask wearing. The lack of play, the having to distance learn, you know, it has everything to do with their socialization. I'd like to think that kids are very resilient. And they are. They adapt thank thank God. The they, they are. And, and they're, they're, they're cheerful and happy and yeah. they put on their silly masks and they go with it. And, mm-hmm. you know. Especially if it's a Spider-Man mask or some other kind of groovy kind of mask. And it's that's always an, fun That's another Halloween. story is like. Uh, the one of the six-year-olds in my family is he went to the museum and when he went to the museum he's wearing his Spider-Man mask because he's all over. He, he, you know, he's, when you're, when yeah, you're, you're, it's all about Spider-Man. Yeah. So so the guard, you know, kind of cheerfully says to him, "Hello, Spider-Man," and he became indignant and he said, "I'm not Spider-Man," and then he said, "My name is because <laughs> you know, it's like." Lest you mistake me for Spider Man, yeah. I am yeah. me. Yeah. So the guard <laughs> said, sweet. Oh, he said, Oh, okay, That's okay. Backed off. You know, the guard was like, Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I was just joking. I was just oh, joking. Yeah. That's so, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway. All right. So, the, here's to resilient children. Right. And, uh, yes. you know, we eventually ended up talking about COVID because we always end up talking about COVID. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dr. Roland Hoffman. Thanks for joining us. This is our weekly Q&A with Layla. Thanks, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. And remember, radio program at AOL.com is the place to send your questions. Thank you for joining us. Radio program at AOL.com. This is Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.